another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and today I'm joined by Cameron. Uh, unfortunately, Leonard uh, is not able to join us once more, but mm. through no fault of his own. It's a work schedule thing, no. so we'll, yeah, uh, he's being we'll, we'll soldier on and he'll <laughs> hopefully uh, be able to join us next episode. But um, mm-hmm. that's fine. We'll, we'll hold down the fort. Yeah, yeah. We, we can do it. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> Cameron, how's it going over there? Um, yeah, not too bad. It's been it's been a week. Um, mostly because so eagle eared, owl eared, I believe was the term I came up with a while ago. Owl eared listeners will remember a long, long time ago. I complained that we finally found out we we'd had termites for like ten years and that our roof was falling in. We're fine. We finally started getting that fixed this week. So this week has been nothing but hammers and circular saws and my ears exploding. <laughs> so I'm glad that's over. The roof oh, yeah, is that's... mostly fixed, which is nice. <laughs> well, were you able to get rid of the termites earlier? Cause that leaving oh, them yeah, going. No. Okay. <laughs> I was going to no, say, we, it's we, been, we this been like a while. The... <laughs> it's been a few months, man. Is the house okay? <laughs> is it, yeah. Do you have a roof? <laughs> we've spent like the last year poisoning most of them and a lot of the house is made out of jarrah which is a crazy hard wood and the termites normally don't eat but they ate literally everything else that was unprotected so they got hungry enough to start eating it wasn't the it was like the joins or something that was the wrong wood yeah no someone before us what was it yeah put untreated pine in the garage roof Mm. and they got in through that it's like oh god why yeah, uh, but the, but they're all gone now, and the house is mostly fixed. We just need to like do cosmetic fixing up now, so that's fine. And cosmetic fixing up doesn't involve constant noise for five yeah. days in a row, which was <laughs> interesting can, for all of us. You can finally say <laughs> this house is clean. <laughs> well, I won't be able to say that until I burn my room to the ground. But okay, well, <laughs> there's too many there's too many bits of plastic caught in the carpet for it to ever really be clean there um <laughs> you just have to invite the tiny little lady to yeah <laughs> get rid of the ghosts in the house out spirits out um but the spirits are keeping the termites away it's a never-ending cycle um but yeah I, i've been all right apart from the constant auditory assault um <laughs> and doing a, a whole bunch of filing work for my kadai music education course which is just tiring and tiresome but it's done so who cares it's fine um how about you dave how have you been doing this fine week um like personally everything's been fine um everything outside mm. of that has been a little crazy <laughs> but i think that's yeah. just the nature yeah, of uh, a, nature of the beast America. unfortunately yeah yeah it's a thing uh it's not great so no uh yeah we'll just we'll just skip that <laughs> look we're here to talk about fictional monsters yeah we have no business talking about real world monsters <laughs> yeah uh, anyway um yeah so what, what are we gonna look at today when we get around to it uh we are looking at another excellent show of puppetry from the 80s it's the dark crystal Oh, nice. uh, I tried to do the narrator's voice there and I failed utterly because Good luck. I can't do an impressive narration it, voice. It was super <laughs> baseline. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but I guess uh, before we get to the the meat of the show, um mm, we'll mm. 
happen yes, upon in our, our, our familiar list of things to, to go through. In honor of long disappeared Matthew, who has now become a father, by the way. Congratulations, yes, Matt. Yes, congratulations, Matt. It's, uh, well um, done on that. It destroyed our schedule for our other podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> we can't blame you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but... But it would be very, but it rude would be unfair and, and rude, and, and also the um, baby is very cute. Yes. so I don't really mind too much. It's a very cute child. Um, <laughs> sweet summer child. Well, uh, yeah, literally. Um, God, was <laughs> someone in our Discord just sent the keep summer safe montage from Rick and Morty? I was like, that's the wrong. we don't do that to the child. That's bad to do to the child. <laughs> um but yeah it's yokai of the week everyone uh every time we get together we roll we roll a die or some dice or some random number generation tool and uh, we determine a random monster from a big old list of japanese folklore thingamajigs and uh we see what we get and we hopefully talk about it for five to ten minutes at most instead of taking over the whole show as has occasionally happened um <laughs> <laughs> seven days uh or oh, 30 days whatever it was <laughs> god uh, fucking kudan or whatever it was um uh yeah so in the time on a tradition dave roll them 13 what are we looking at 13 oh i forgot to say we're doing k yeah, we're this doing week. k the um, letter k which had many entries there's so many um which i believe takes us to uh, 13 kawa uso yeah, I'm uh, correct. Like I'm not it, wrong. That little guy. Excellent. That little. Oh, he's actually very cute. I didn't actually look at this woodcut yet. I like that. He's got a little hat. He has oh. a little hat. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. So in Japanese, otters are called kawa uso. Uh, in Japanese folklore, they fool humans in the same way as foxes and tanuki. Uh, so kitsune and tanuki and tanuki being raccoons, I guess. Um. Yeah. So this is. I guess I guess Japan just sees a small furry animal with four legs and assumes it's out to get them. It's uh, tricking in some me, mystical it's way. It's tricking me. It's actually everything a lady. is a lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, in the Noto region, Ishikawa Prefecture, there are stories where uh, the otters shapeshift into beautiful women or children wearing checker patterned clothing. If a human attempts to speak to one, they will answer Oraya and then answer Araya. And if anybody asks them anything, they say cryptic things like Kawaii. <laughs> so like scary? No, that's Kawaii. No, that's Kawaii. That's this is yeah something else. It, it's not. It's because cute is Kawaii. Which yeah, there's the an extra, extra right? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, there are darker stories, such as one from the Kaga province, uh, in which an otter that lives in the castle's moat shapeshifts into a woman, invites men, and then kills and eats them. Yeah, um, as you do. As you do. It could just turn into a kid and answer your questions cryptically, or it could kill and eat you. <laughs> Why take the risk? Apparently. Why not both? <laughs> okay, now let's do Um... <laughs> Uh, in the kaidan essays and legends of the edo period like the urami kanawa uh taihei hyaku monogatari and the shifu goroku uh there are tales about strange occurrences like otters that shapeshift into beautiful women and kill men uh because you know it wouldn't be a yokai of the week without (laughs) without it being a dangerous terrifying monster i mean we've had a couple that are okay i guess but (laughs) would you like to take the next section Sure. So this one goes in the town of Numachi Asa district, uh, now Hiroshima. They are called Tomono Kowauso, 
and Ato no Kaoso is said they shapeshift into Bozu and appear before passersby. So those are the monks that we've referred to on mm. a few other occasions. Um, if the passersby tries to get a close, get close and look up, its height steadily increases until it becomes a large <laughs> Bozu. So um, I talked about these way back in like episode mm. one or two. Yeah, um, yeah. And in in the case of those particular yokai, uh, they're the Kawauso masquerading as a scarier mm. yokai. Yeah. And yeah. Um, this, I guess, is just in reference to that. <laughs> I just uh, I love the idea that if you try and look at it, it just gets taller and taller until it scares you off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you have oh, to just man. go, I see how tall you are or something. And then it, um, yeah, it, it, uh, or I, I think it's like, I have measured your height or if you hold the <laughs> ruler up, I don't remember. I think you have to actually have some sort of implement like a ruler to oh man, like measure <laughs> okay. it quickly before it starts getting taller <laughs> and then it, it becomes sad and it goes away. Um, oh. <laughs> in the Sugato region, Aomori prefecture, they are said to possess humans. It is said that these po- those possessed by otters lose their stamina as if their soul has been extracted. They are also said okay. to shapeshift into severed heads and get caught in fishing nets. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. I wonder okay, if that's on sure. purpose or if they get caught and they appear as a severed head so you'd let them go. Or they just like to swim around as severed heads and get accidentally caught. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but don't, um, mm. that some of that sounds conflated with um, the uh, Kappa. Yeah, a little. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> these things are interesting little shape shifting pranksters. Um, um, shall I can? Yeah, go ahead, and then in yeah. two paragraphs we'll see you exactly. Yeah, yeah. what's going on. <laughs> So, in the Kashima district and the Hakui district in Ishikawa, uh, they are seen as a yokai under the name Kabuso or Kawaso. They perform pranks, like extinguishing the fire of the paper lanterns of people who walk on roads at night. Not a nice move. Uh, shapeshifting into a beautiful woman of 18 to 19 years of age and fooling people. <laughs> or tricking people and tr- making them try to engage in sumo against a rock or a tree stone. <laughs> That's cool. uh, that's really that's a really good trick, actually. I like that. Um, it is said that they speak human words, and sometimes people are called and stopped while walking on roads. Uh, so basically, they just harass you if you're wandering around at night, either by pretending to be a beautiful young lady or by trying to make you fight a tree stump, which is, again, pretty great. Um, yeah, and in the Ishikawa and Kochi prefectures, they're said to be a type of kappa. Uh, and there are stories told about how they engage in sumo with otters, presumably real otters in this case, if these are the yokai ones. Um, in the pl- in places like the Hokuriku region, Ki and Shikoku, the otters are seen as a type of kappa, again. In the Kagakushu, a dictionary from the Muromachi period, an otter that grew old becomes a kappa. Okay, so it's, it's a Pokemon. <laughs> 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 it's just a Pokemon. It turns into a Kappa when it gets old enough. <laughs> um, let's see. In an Ainu folktale in Urashibetsu in Abashiri Hokkaido, uh, there are stories where monster otters shapeshift into humans, go into homes where there are beautiful girls, and try to kill the girl and make her its wife? Like the girl ghost? If it tri- I'm, I'm a little confused on that. Or is this like a corpse bride scenario? Um <laughs> I don't know. Monster, 
shapeshifting humans go into go into homes where there are beautiful girls and try to kill the girl and make her its wife. Yeah, it sounds like it's either a corpse bride scenario or we can't be together unless you're a ghost scenario, either which are equally bad, I guess. Um, <laughs> and in China, like in Japan, there are stories where otters shapeshift into beautiful woman, uh, women in old books like In Search of the Supernatural and the Zen Yishi. Uh, my Chinese pronunciation is awful. Please forgive me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're your usual little trickster four-legged furry animal because that's that's really a big theme in Japanese folklore. Um, yeah, the Kawa Uso. Any any other comments, Dave? Uh, I tried to look up the Kawa Uso in the other two mm-hmm. books. I found a tentative link. So this is the um, Oitekibori. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's literally the drop it and get out of here canal. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The uh, Oitekibori is a mysterious apparition that was seen in Honjo, part of the Sumida Ward in present-day Tokyo. It takes the form of a human ghost and haunts fishermen and others who stray too close to its home in the canals. The Oitekibori name derives from a slang version of the phrase Oiteike, uh, uh, meaning drop it and get out of here. Uh, <laughs> nobody really it's the origin. Uh, nobody really knows exactly what the Oitekibori is. The most likely explanation is it's a kappa. Hungry and too lazy to fish on its own, it terrorized innocent <laughs> fishermen and stole their catches. Other explanations blame a tricky tanuki. Still, other explanations exist, covering everything from a yure, kawoso, mujina, or supon. Soft, uh, supon is the soft-shelled turtle turned yokai. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's basic. There's like a lot more in there, but it's another explanation of what the kawoso could be or, or is related to. Yeah. Yeah. I just want some yeah. just want some fish. <laughs> just want some fish. And it's lazy. It's a lazy boy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, cool. Uh well I guess that this has been Yokai of the Week. Bum 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 bum. Hooray. Alright. Well, we we've gone from weird shape shifting otters to weird not shape shifting puppets, I guess. Dave, take us away to the dark crystal. The dark crystal, directed <laughs> by Jim Henson, and also mm-hmm. most of the work for the um, puppets and designs were done by Brian Froud, uh, who's mm-hmm. also still been um, in heavily uh, invested in the, I guess secondary media uh around the dark crystal there have been a few Mm. novelizations as well as a prequel series of comics and then a sequel um series of comics which um uh, brian has done uh, a lot of the illustrations for the cover art and then i think some of the general um creature design when they've done uh newer um little critters and things Mm. yeah but uh this this came out in 1982 uh, however, it was in pre and general production for about five years uh, because they're exclusive. Well, not exclusively. Ninety-five percent of the film is just puppets. So yeah, it took yeah. a while for them to. <laughs> it's a lot of puppets. Everything. A lot of puppets. It is a lot. A lot. I like. I was. I haven't watched this film for like years upon years, and I was surprised by how many puppets that were because I've forgotten basically everything on screen is a puppet. Yep. 
with, with, with there's a few <laughs> tiny um instances where they where they weren't using a puppet but um mm. the the film itself and the production but like i i used to watch this extensively i know um leonard will uh i think if we return mm. to this we'll echo some of these thoughts um i watched this extensively as a child uh, however mm. those were like betamax and vhs um copies so that's probably the last time i remember specifically watching this film and mm. uh i i picked it up so we could cover it um but i have it on 4k and <laughs> it was too clean too crisp uh, I, yeah. actually, I, had, I had to yeah. go down to the blu-ray version because the 4k was too um too much um it takes away like a lot of the mystique of the 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 film yeah um yeah well what ends up happening is when you're looking at something that that's been that cleaned up um the sets and the puppets are fine uh mm. because they're all it's all practical effects so there's no digital effects but when they do use um some of the matte paintings and then some of the effects like in the sky it it, it yeah. doesn't blend in anymore because i'm used to watching this uh with um scan lines basically coming across it I would mm, prefer actually yeah. to use a VLC or some sort of media player to interject, like reinsert like the fuzziness <laughs> of the VHS. And like, that would make this oh, more man. comfortable to watch. Um, that was yeah, like, maybe yeah. The, the only issue I had with watching such a, a clean copy. Yeah. I love, I, I'm sorry. I love that complaint because it's such, it's such a thing. It's like we spent, we've had all these years of technology improving and we've made all your old films look amazing in this high res and everyone goes, no, 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 they were made for low resolutions and worse screens. They don't look as good now. <laughs> and I mean, it's true, obviously, but yeah, especially particularly in this case, um, it was, it was mm. jarring actually trying to watch it like that. So I, like I said, I, I downgraded back to just regular <laughs> Blu-ray. Um, but mm. you know, that, that's it. That's uh, not to be that matters too terribly much no, in, in um, no. in all things considered um I, I watched this film with um brian froud went back and recorded uh, a full-length commentary on the entire film so mm. we're benefiting i think from his um recollections and his insight on what was going on specifically with the puppets and also um since he designed all the characters like what he, mm. what he was thinking and what he was considering when he did so um i'm, yeah. I'm very yeah. thankful that that commentary was included in the in the dvd awesome yeah so i did we'll not get kind of commentary get in my coffee so <laughs> which yeah. is fine because um <laughs> when i when i watched the film i i didn't have the luxury of time to watch it twice uh with mm. no commentary and then with commentary so i just kind of bit the bullet as it were and <laughs> had pretty much no um i just turned on the subtitles uh so yeah. i could see what was sort of going on in the film and then get context a little bit since i've been seeing this in so long as far as what the characters were saying but um mostly i was just trying to pay attention to what brian was saying in the, <laughs> in the commentary so i'll interject yeah. those yeah. points that he makes um i think as we move through a little bit of the film um i as we normally do i don't want to go through and just do um, scene by scene this doesn't really benefit yeah. uh, what we're about however that being said um, 
Cameron, you did make a, a great point saying there's a lot of a lot of monsters, a lot of creatures, a lot of puppets. They oh, are yeah. pretty much in every scene. <laughs> so we may end up actually kind of doing that um, just on accident, mm. like a happy accident. Yeah. <laughs> and then this and this thing is introduced. And then this thing is introduced. Yeah, this is where we see this guy. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Oh, he's back. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess I mentioned that I'd, I'd watch this as a child. Um, was that mm. the case for you, Cameron? Uh, yeah, I also watched this as a child. I'm not sure exactly when, but I know I have seen this before, and I know it was a god-awful long time ago by my standards. So I've watched this somewhere between, like, let's say 12 and 20 years ago, and I have not watched it since except for earlier today. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I basically remembered none of it. Uh, but I remembered like what a lot of what a lot of the characters looked like, you know, like the, obviously the most easy to remember things are the visuals in this film, especially for a younger child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was it was a really nice experience coming back to something that I basically got a perfectly clean slate on, you know. Um, God, it's, it's, a lot of people say, oh, God, I wish I could forget Dark Souls. I could play Dark Souls again. It's like this. This is a really good film. I'd entirely forgotten it, except for like a few key character designs and therefore I got to watch the entire film basically all fresh, which was really nice. Uh (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the same for me. Um, Aside from the fact that I'd watched it so often uh, while Mm. I didn't remember scene by scene, I think I remembered the specific key moments. Um, And then I think what sticks with me uh, as, as is often the case is the music. Um, And this is fairly Mm. iconic score um going on oh yeah here. so i did um i did go through the the opening and a few other parts um without the commentary on just so i could hear the music i, I enjoyed mm, that part of mm. it um and even uh, in, in the commentary itself um brian was mentioning that uh this was the when he when he recorded this commentary just a few years ago um he mentioned also that this is the first time for him that he's been able to even return to in watching and enjoying the movie for what it is and listening mm. to the soundtrack because, um, uh, you know, he, he was good friends with Jim Henson and yeah, the five years they spent doing this, um, from the late seventies to early eighties, uh, was difficult. Um, mm. you know, it was his work of course, and something he enjoyed doing, but the memories associated with that aren't what we get where it's like a nostalgic take on, you know, a tale. Yeah. Um, his yeah. is, the other side of the coin where he's like it's, it was just hot there was so many lights yeah uh, it's just dust this puppet and, doesn't work yeah frustration <laughs> and things like that so mm-hmm. um yeah you know we're, we're getting his take uh from that side of the screen and it's um it's it's good but it's also you can you can hear that you know he enjoyed the enjoyment he had of creating this kind of thing is tempered of course by like the problems they had when mm-hmm. they're doing it yeah yeah Cool. So, what is what is the Dark Crystal about? What you know, we we've just kind of uh, skipped around. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's God. It's it's sort of like a sci fantasy because it feels more sci fi than it looks, but it's definitely really more of a fantasy overall. Um, it's it's a sci fantasy adventure. You know, you got a you got a, a young a young orphan has to save the day from terrible monsters in a doomed prophecy. Uh, the, the kind of traditional fantasy yeah. fair, but yeah, I, I I don't know why I immediately went to sci fantasy. Something about 
It's I think it's partially like the Skeksis design, but also the image of the castle with like the lightning flowing to it across from the ground feels really sci-fi to me. Yeah, and I think uh, a large part mm. of that is we don't often get, um, or at least not, maybe we do more now, but when this came mm. out, um, a, a post-apocalyptic setting, but it's it's fantasy and not yeah, scientific. Yeah. That, that, that I think is maybe... Um, yeah, more yeah, along I the can lines see that. of what it is, because that's what mm. this this at the core of the story. Um, through our our brilliantly narrated introduction, um, oh in man, that intro is so good. good. <laughs> um, we find that uh, so so this is the world of Thra. Uh, that part is mm. not information given in the film, but it's in all the supplemental supplemental material. Um, mm-hmm. The world of Thra. This is a thousand years. Um, have passed uh, during the reign the, the the reign of the Skeksis, and the Skeksis are our mm. antagonists in the film. Um, yeah. They have basically been using um, the castle that they're in uh, to mm. to drain the essence and the life out of the the planet. Um, that's why it's mm. sort of a not the whole thing, but large chunks of it are sort of withered um, landscape, especially anything yeah. around the yeah. castle. Um, and these, uh, they're dealing with uh, a lot of cosmology and um, celestial alignments. There's three suns that orbit, um, mm. or not, not that orbit, but I guess that the planet orbits. Uh, yeah. And yeah. when they fall in alignment, it's uh, referred to as the Great Conjunction. This is uh, coming up one of those occasions. And when that happens, um, they basically uh, have a well, a. There's multiple skylights um, in in the in the castle, mm. but it's oriented, I guess, as you would see maybe the um, pyramids of Giza or yeah. uh, a few Mayan or Aztec. What they've done when they designed this world to give it a sense of history is they've taken um, elements familiar to us. Uh, and interjected them into a more fantastical setting and sort of altered them slightly so it it's, it feels familiar but also otherworldly. Yeah. Thra yeah. isn't a um analog for earth. It's it's something no. else. It's another planet. Um puppet world. Puppet puppet world. Yes. <laughs> We're going to the dark puppet world. But um <laughs> so well, this the Skeksis, uh, they're not specifically immortal. They age as well. Um, mm. But what they've done is they've subverted um, this crystal to their own ends, and they use the light mm-hmm. from the sun as filtered through the dark crystal to um, basically sustain themselves long, far longer yeah. than their their lifespans should allow for. Um, mm. And in doing so, also um, they are sustaining the uh, the mystics, which are, mm-hmm. as we find out, um, their literal better halves. Of, yeah, of, this, of, of <laughs> one uh, one whole. Mm. Yeah. Ah, uh, but this was this was a really great intro. I feel because you got the narrator like explaining all these various things, like the Skeksis, that only ten remain, a dying race, and then it pans over, and then the Mystics, only ten remain, a dying race. I was like, oh, <laughs> like yeah, it, it feels contrived, but at the same time, it really, really fits. <laughs> it does, and I think um, 
And that obviously the fact makes more sense at the end. Yeah, but, and, and yeah. the fact that they've managed to um, broaden this world and flesh it out, which they had done, mm. um, according to um, Brian's commentary, they had done this um, in the beginning. They, they already yeah. had the world built, and this is basically, they, they chose to focus on you know a, a small part of it. Um, but by necessity to to make this appear that it was you know larger and more historical than it actually is, they they did write some of the other stuff, it, and that stuff has yeah. made it made its way into the supplemental material, which is um okay. Uh, I'm yeah. just now kind of digging into, and this is these are things um, <laughs> as with even the labyrinth and a few other um, older films. Um, I wish I had had the um, it's not really the presence of mind, but the um, inclination to look mm. into this as I was getting older versus, yeah. you know, completely looking back on it now, I feel like not that I wasted my time, but I could have been <laughs> looking at this before. Like it already was. Around. Yeah. 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 So it's in hindsight, I, I would like to have <laughs> been involved a little bit more with uh, just understanding these things for myself, but um, mm. it's fine because I'm just taking the opportunity now. So there's no, there's well, no yeah. real big difference. Exactly. Uh, other than you, I would be a little bit more eventually. familiar with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, shall we like go over the design for the Skeksis and the Mystics? Of course. of course. Yeah. Uh, who? Which would we like to start with? Um, the the evil, ugly puppets, or the good, still kind of ugly puppets? They're all beautiful children. <laughs> they're all um, beautiful children, but they're not all like aesthetically amazing. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like deliberately ugly, but in oh, yes. a way that fits, we'll, fits we'll, them we'll very well. We'll talk about the um, Skeksis first, <laughs> simply because we're introduced to them first. Yeah, cool. So, what is a Skeksis? <laughs> what is a Skeksis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Please. The best Skeksis. Oh, um, yeah. So what what they are literally uh, is both the we're just going to sp- we're spoiling yeah, all this um, big spoilers for, uh, for spoilers like a warning. 40 year old movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> the the sexies and the mystics and the mystics are are technically the Uru. Um, they didn't mm. get around to using that as their official name um, in the film. No. Called the mystics, but they are both two halves of a um, other being known as the Erskek. And yeah. the Erskek have come to the uh the planet of Thra uh, well well over a thousand years ago because that's basically mm. what we're <laughs> we're given as the timeline. Um and they did not come there willingly. They were exiled uh to this particular planet through mm. the power of uh their home world's crystal. So a lot of these worlds are um formed around or have at their core um a crystal um in this case it's not specifically a dark crystal this one actually was made to be dark um on Mm -hmm. on accident um (laughs) uh, originally when the uh erskek arrived they dealt with a another integral figure uh agra which Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get around to her her design's great Um, oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> but in dealing with Agra, they ended up sundering themselves on accident, um, splitting into mm. all of them that was good and all of them that mm. was bad. 
and yeah, the Uru yeah. or Mystics are all of their good parts, and the Skeksis are all of their bad parts. So there really cannot be any redeeming features for the Skeksis <laughs> because they are the darkness at the heart of the Urskek. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're literally pure evil. <laughs> yes. And so this, we did get a few um, comments in, and we'll go back to those at the end, but by then we'll have answered uh, the, the questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is the the sexies and the uh mystics in a nutshell as far as their mm. demeanor um and their, their origins yeah. their origins but their appearance um oh, are <laughs> related after a fashion um mm. skeletally like their basic skeletal yeah. structure is identical however their mm. appearance outwardly um has been their their hearts made manifest i guess is what you could say yeah uh, yeah they, they either of these um folk their their true nature is only skin deep how they appear is how <laughs> they are um and that's yeah. something that's yeah. refreshing i guess in its own way mm. um, yeah there's no complex motivations here it's just they are what they are yes and unfortunately um with the nature of a few other characters uh that can still be um hidden and that's mm. uh, also uh, Brian does take into um, account uh, when he's discussing his intent uh, and, and um, Jim's Jim Henson's intent to mm. deliver this story was the idea behind it um, is change and mm. everything has a, a dual nature. Now, while the Skeksis themselves don't have a dual nature, they are part of part a dual of a, nature. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's really interesting. And he does go into um, great detail as far as uh, the specific things that he's designed into them to kind of reflect that. Um, mm-hmm. As far as their uh, their wardrobe and their <laughs> um, their staffs, and some of mm-hmm. just like the general design. So the Skeksis themselves, they uh, I would say they're kind of like vultures made even uglier yeah yeah like a skeletal vulture demon kind of thing yes they're um grabby hands and all (laughs) (laughs) and they uh both they and the uh mystics are anthropomorphic however they have four arms instead of the general Mm. two in the skexies case they're their lower set, or I guess it's upper set of arms, are uh, have become vestigial over the years. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can't really see them until one of them is like rendered naked. Yeah, yeah. They they hide them under all those fancy clothes. <laughs> uh, well, and, and an interesting thing is, so their their wardrobes, they have um, they have decorative um, back plates on their mm. on their robes mm. that end up making them a lot bigger than they actually are um yeah this of course serves yeah. a, a real purpose because they had to hide puppeteers underneath all the oh yeah all the stuff <laughs> but um it makes them more fearsome and more ferocious mm. looking uh yeah, to anything definitely. else i guess that, and that that's the the intimidation factor that i think they're going for um with yeah. all of their fancy things um the design of the creatures as we see them currently has been mm. like everything else in the world degraded. So even though they're sustaining on the world, they're 
eventually failing at it. All their they have no way mm. to renew their um, clothes. Their yeah. uh, their actual environment also degrades, even though they're trying to keep their physical forms uh, sustained. Mm. That being the case, um, Brian did mention that originally their vestigial arms weren't so vestigial, and they used them to manipulate uh, huge, like, peacock feather kind of things and ornaments on their <laughs> shells. So oh, they would wow. just, like, wiggle yeah. stuff around to make themselves look more important. Mm. Um, b- because mm. they've created oh, like a, a hierarchy <laughs> amongst themselves yeah. for no real reason. Mm. Like, in, in the um, the prequel comic, it kind of goes into one of them just arbitrarily goes, I'm the emperor. And everyone's like, <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, because at, when they were split <laughs> from the um, Erskek, both the Uru mm. and the Skeksis came newly formed. They did not have language. They did not have really concepts of anything other than their base nature. So yeah. the Uru fled and the Skeksis just took over the um, the, the crystal palace mm. that uh, the Erskek had built originally um, while they began to kind of form their personalities. Um, and that's what we do find in these depictions is each of the, both the mystics and the Skeksis, um, they all have very distinct personalities, specifically for puppets. That's difficult to do. Mm. And so what they did was yeah. they gave them each a job. So as mm. you watch the Skeksis in the film, they're each doing one particular thing. And yeah. Yeah. That kind of has formed their identity or they formed their identity around the job that they've been chosen yeah. to yeah. chosen for themselves. Or I guess maybe yeah. the emperor said, hey, you're going to do the record keeping. You're going to go mm. experiment on things. <laughs> yeah, because they don't seem Chamberlain. to have, <laughs> Yeah, they don't really seem to have names. They always refer to each other by title. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah. General Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. the, the Chamberlain is our, our favorite. It's everyone's favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. he's given the yeah. most screen time as well, so that probably oh is yeah, a absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, these are great. They're just there's big skeletal vultures clad in these tattered drapes of like what what clearly was like very fine stuff, and like they keep that attempted a refined air through like all the extra props they use like you know later on there's the feast scene and they they have those finger rings which give them little claws to to like pluck at their food instead of cutlery and stuff like that yeah they, they've made like forks yeah. and knives as extensions on their um, fingers it's really mm. cool and also yeah. horrifying <laughs> at the same time oh yeah it's real weird <laughs> i think yeah. it was a way for them to to uh let the puppets manipulate other objects because their actual hands mm. weren't strong enough to probably grasp anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it's functional and oh, yeah. it serves an atmospheric purpose. It's doubly awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's, and there's a lot that's of really what they cool did with even all the like all of the costumes were mm. really to serve the puppeteers, but ended up becoming part of the design elements anyway. Like yeah. well, they're like, well, yeah. if we have to do this to to accomplish something, we're gonna make it look like this, so we can, you know, give it some sort mm. of um, history within the film. And yeah, um, those uh, five years of work show. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Um, and you mentioned that the the material itself looked fun, like fine. All of the costumes, mm. like all the cloth you see in the film, technically it's all mm. silk. 
Oh, so they wow. bought they okay. went and bought all silk for everything and then just spent <laughs> like they they, they had the, the, the designers build all the costumes as they originally were supposed mm-hmm. to be yeah, yeah and then they had the dudes come in and just like wreck everything and then oh the, the, my i guess the the um you know brian says he remembers the costume designers just like going into fits because all their all the work that yeah. they spent was just like oh my god they took rocks and you know uh, uh sandpaper yeah. to it and just like made it all old looking oh man um, because he had seen um <laughs> these old uh flags in one of the um the british museums that had been mm. like ancient flags just all that's left of them is like an idea of cloth and that's yeah, what they wanted yeah. to show that a thousand years have passed and they have no way to repair things so mm. they just mm. have like the remains of their gaudy like ridiculous yeah. bombastic yeah. um <laughs> clothing and it's, it's mm. great that the, the clothing is as much character as the um oh yeah terrifying like that uh, <laughs> vulture faces yeah like they're really sharp like they feel like they're attempting to cling on to sort of a high society even though there's only 10 of them left yes. you know <laughs> and there were yeah. there were originally 18 of Urskek. Mm. Um, and so there are um Pretty 18 skexies and mm. and mystics yeah yeah <laughs> Oh man, yeah, super good. So I guess um, that'll, and, uh, we'll slide over to the mystics now. I think. Yeah, yeah, the perfect counterpart. <laughs> so, like, I, I had a thing in my head here, and it's just—it's a long elf. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I can—I can see that. Yeah, it's a long elf. <laughs> That's just. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, 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 like you said, it's the same basic skeletal structure, but a very different outward design. Um, and in these ones, the extra arms are very visible, which uh, I didn't notice for like a couple of minutes, actually. And then like one of them tried to put something on the ground and then just dropped it out of their top hand. It's like, oh, what? They just dropped it. And it's like, no, then the bottom hand just takes it and places it on the ground. It's like, oh, they have extra arms. I didn't notice somehow. <laughs> yeah, um, and that was another part of their yeah. um, their clothing design and the colors that are used uh, mm. are all natural earthen yeah almost dust yeah. tones and that was also on purpose they want um brian as when he was designing these wanted them to be mistaken for parts of the environment yeah and when yeah. they're them, traveling their around natural the world, wizards you should just yeah. not really pay attention to them and they move mm. at a very mm. like deliberate slow languid pace <laughs> yeah they're almost yeah. uh magical sloths yeah, yeah, I can see that. They like to sing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. There's a giant, um, there's a scene in the beginning where they do, they, all of their magic is done through um, singing. Uh, mm. And mm. they do this, you know, harmonizing session. And it's, I don't know, it, it just was very effective. I did watch that part uh, without the commentary because I remembered it yeah. pretty good. Yeah. It was better than I remembered. Oh yeah, no, it's it's super interesting because like they each, so like the Skeksis each have a different role, and in the Uru each seem to have a different voice. I guess would be they the way to put it. I think one specifically does. Um, there's like yeah. an accounting. One does. If you, I think if you're watching and take the time to look at them individually, which is difficult because mm. it's a, it's a this, the camera pans through what they're doing very quickly. Um, yeah, but they're all doing, like one's doing. Um, uh, sewing work you know one's doing yeah, counters. Yeah. they're all doing something specific as the Skeksis were doing but because of mm. their 
design that blends into their own environment um as opposed to the Skeksis where they're well their, their surroundings are also gaudy but um yeah. the the mystics are in a earthen sort of mm. hollow like a little valley um yeah but it's, it's yeah. uh a lot of caves and yeah yeah some wooden bits i think um but mm. they, they they look just like part of their environment so it's difficult yeah, to yeah, it's separate very them natural from them. yeah mm, yeah yeah and they look really good as well like in motion i i really liked the um the uru as well or the mystics or whatever um <laughs> there's too many names too many words there, there uh, oh and they do have um their the spiral motifs we see in a mm. lot of their design of their culture um are is reflected on their skin they have almost like mm. um in whirl patterns um carved into their flesh okay yeah 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 and like um uh, what is it something i noticed in it, it's not specifically in costume design but it's like in furniture design for them um the the master uh the the leader of them rather say the oldest one who allows himself to die at the start of the film um he has like this, it's not really a couch, but it's it's like a little table that's shaped for the curve of their neck with a broad bit at the end for their head to rest on. And I felt that was really grounding, <laughs> like just like they have furniture specifically designed for them kind of thing. Yeah, I did like that part. He's, he's, he's mm. relaxing on it and his, they're, um, they carry their weight forward and their heads are a little bit yeah. much larger than their body because... Uh, like the Skeksis, uh, when you see them in the the comic, the, you know, mm. the other illustrations, they their garb is larger than their bodies. They have the same body yeah. type as the Skeksis. They're super skinny with just huge heads. Um, mm-hmm. So I think a lot there since they bear a lot of their weight on their neck, they that that forms a um and like a necessity. I think they probably just have to rest that way. But yeah, it's a really yeah. it's a nice touch for detail for sure mm, yeah makes them feel much more real <laughs> as it were and they already look fantastic as well like again this is jim henson brian frow puppetry they look insanely good <laughs> even all these years later no they dialed this stuff up to like 11 this it looks great and um mm. that was another aside that brian had mentioned was he uh went to a screening of this with um i think it was college age kids mm. uh yeah and the the kid didn't understand uh mm. that these were puppets like yeah a, yeah because if you come from uh the younger generation that's only seen special effects really done by a computer there's a specific yeah. way things move um and this mm. there's a very mm. specific way because everything has a gravity and a weight um yeah to it. and yeah. so they were I mean, they weren't stupid, but they're just not. Have, they haven't seen yeah, how practical effects could be. Um, mm. So he, he remarked that um, he was happy that they had done such a good job because it was enough to like <laughs> confound people. Yeah, you know, all these, all yeah, these years definitely. later, because again, this was released in 1982, so it's been a few years. Mm. It's been a while. Been a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they definitely have that. It's. It, that's not jankiness it's um what's the best way to put it you know when they updated no man's sky sort of recently and they changed all the animations of the creatures to suddenly have a lot more weight and push and impact 
and they didn't look like they were just skimming across the surface of the world anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like that. There's there's like you said, there's like extra weight and gravity behind the movement. Uh again, makes them feel more alive. It is. And they and they get that little better. they get that little bit of puppet shake because you mm-hmm. can only um control the movements so broadly and they I think they found that when they were doing these particular puppets as opposed to how you control the Muppets. Um, they mm. had to be a lot finer in the detail. They couldn't use the broad movements because it would like shake the whole puppet. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And you don't want just, that. Oh, yeah, you don't want that. It looks probably frightening um, <laughs> in, in, in after yeah. a fashion. But you get, they yeah. get that little bit of Yoda wobble. <laughs> it's just a little bit of the shakes. <laughs> They're old. Let them have it. <laughs> Let them have their shakes. Let the boys have their shakes. Um, so i guess that that brings us to the gelflings because those are the Mm. next uh most prominent uh creatures we i say creature Mm -hmm. but next prominent race we run into Mm -hmm. the the little elf people kind of they got um so they look much more human than either the uru or the skexis obviously um they're it's difficult to judge scale because there's no actual human characters just scale by. But if we're calling like Uru and Skeksis roughly person size, then these guys are tiny. Um, <laughs> they're very small. And they've got like a, a little bit of a snout, but not a lot. And then those little rolled up paper ears, they look like. Um, yeah, basically. If, we, yeah. we start with one. We start with just Jen. Yes, and I think so, if you want a sense of scale, which is, inc- as you mentioned, incredibly difficult to do with um, the mm. puppets here, they're all small. Yeah. They're hand okay. puppets. Um, not on every occasion, but that's what they were designed, and that's what Jim Henson is generally mm. known for using is, is hand puppet size. So the they look, and they're made to look far bigger than they actually are, um, aside yeah. from okay. the Gartham, which we see later, but that is actual people-sized yeah yeah <laughs> cool um yeah they're, they're, they're just much more humanoid or i should say the one is just much more human because we only start like i said with jen um they got what is it they've got three fingers and a thumb and kind of long spindly fingers at that but apart from that they're, they're, they're really human looking especially compared to everything else in the movie yes. um they're <laughs> pretty much i mean they're explicitly fey it just it yeah. comes with the name. Oh, yeah. But there's old, um, like, Elizabethan fairy art where the fairies' mm. faces are a little more elongated. Their noses are more prominent. Um, yeah. But even, um, like, old, like, brownie art mm. Um, mm. And, a, and a few other fairies like that. That's that what these evoke. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're very, uh, they're the... very dainty. Mm. No. Yeah, even even Jen as the, the yeah, <laughs> even Jen as as the male of the two that we find. Um, while mm. we're we're treated to a, a naked gelfling right off the bat, <laughs> he's just chilling, uh, <laughs> taking a bath, and um, yeah, it's just they're not. Um, <laughs> they're uh, androgynous, I think, in in, in mm. the senses that yeah. that implies. Yeah, aside yeah. from a few. There's- physical a few traits <laughs> yeah well well we can go with yeah kira 
basically looks exactly the same, but has little sort of stunted butterfly wings, kind of. Yes, um, um, and she's yeah. blonde, whereas mm-hmm. Jen, uh, or I guess she's fair-haired, and um, Jen has yeah. raven hair. Um, mm. And that's something that, in the idea of the film, they are the last two Gelflings like, in existence. Yeah. Like every, yeah. the race has been wiped out. Um mm-hmm. what we find in the the prologue comics all of the male gelflings look the same. All of the female okay. gelflings look the same. So how the the mystics mm-hmm. and how the skexies roughly you know resemble each other well. Mm-hmm. Um it's their jobs and their clothing that will differentiate them. Yeah. And they yeah. do okay. uh originally the, the the gelflings were the majority like like humans they mm. um are the pro- most prominent race on thra okay yeah at the time cool yeah yeah and i mean <laughs> I, I did really like that because um <clears throat> the implication is you know jen believes he's the last gelfling he doesn't really know much about gelflings as whole because he's an orphan yeah well he's been raised the by the um mystics Mm, yeah and so that that reveal of kira's wings is like what you have wings it's like um she's like yeah i'm a girl of course i have wings yeah and it was a <laughs> little weird eye. because she hasn't seen mm. anyone and she thought she was the last girlfriend yeah, so why yeah. would she know that the boys don't have wings she wouldn't, wouldn't she have but said like maybe she remembered a your wings? i don't know well she she her mother was with her longer um when they mm. kind of go back to that part because the the Gartham, which we'll discuss a little bit later um had destroyed her village uh, the same yeah, as with yeah. jen but i think jen had nobody whereas uh mm-hmm. kira well ostensibly she's raised by the podlings which we'll we'll get to i think next yeah so mm-hmm. maybe they um and historically within the the narrative of the rest of the, the series the podlings dealt extensively with the um the Gelflings, of course, because the Gelflings mm. are the, the prominent race. Yeah. So they yeah. would have known more to tell Kira, I guess. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, there, there's this there's this thing also when they touch for the first time, they have a dream fasting. Yes, and that's, that's, a, um, th- that's ex- uh, an exclusive ability of the Gelfling. No one else can do that. Mm. But they can yeah. do that with somebody else. They have to initiate it. It's a, yeah. a sharing of memories, basically. Mm. Yeah, with with some slightly questionable voice acting over it, I'd say. But it was I don't know. I couldn't hear it. Was, it. Well, <laughs> I only had Brian uh, talking. It was like, wow, what's happening? <laughs> what is this? It's just like, but it was them speaking to each other, but also them narrating their memories at the same time yeah. over each other a little. It was, it was a bit okay. messy, but it was it was charming in its own way. Um, <laughs> and they're meant to be innocent in the first place, so I think that's. Just oh yeah, they're little naive failings, you know. Let them let them have it. Um, yeah. So, would you like to talk about the podlings? Sure. Um, the podlings are a they're they're a little bit more diminutive um, than the mm-hmm. already small gelflings, and their societies are built around crafting and sort of mining things from within the earth they they're Mm. as much or more so creatures of the earth than even like the mystics Mm. Um, because as we have discovered the mystics aren't actually from thra um Mm. 
but the the <clears throat> the design choices that Brian made in this um toward the podlings was he he wanted them to represent potatoes originally yeah yeah and i he, can see that <laughs> he had given them like m- many eyes and he mm, said it was like oof. it just didn't really work um because since they're puppets you couldn't tell where they were looking mm, and yeah it, it yeah. ended up being potentially horrifying so he reduced it yeah to just the two just, two just little the two inset spot. eyes um yeah, yeah they do look like little potato people it's cute yeah they're, they're kind of manic like uh, I was expecting something to go wrong <laughs> during the scene where they were really introduced. Like they're having this big party. There's all the music and like someone carries a pot by and like a little podling jumps out of the pot. I'm like, are they going to try and eat that one? <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. It feels like there should be a dark side to these little manic monster things, but no, they're, they're fine. Yeah, they're, they're um, great. <laughs> definitely in comparison to the, uh, the Uru, they're high speed. These guys are high speed. Yeah. Just bouncing everywhere. Um, the the party itself was crazy there's a lot to look at i think you can watch that scene mm. a few times and find something oh, yeah. new or find you know one of them flying around in the background because they're just <laughs> just having a blast um they're much oh, yeah. more sedate in the um the comic or at least the uh, illustrations mm. don't give you a sense of their movement movement at all um mm. there's just a lot of them so uh, yeah I think just by positioning yeah. they're like potatoes and <laughs> rats maybe or rabbits yeah, or something yeah. there's just a sense of that they mm. they breed like quickly and often and so mm. there's a billion of little podlings and it kind of yeah. feels like it's in their name too oh yeah well uh, apparently the name refers to the fact that they live in giant seed pods but yeah and i think that the that that comes across in the illustrations but it wasn't a, um, a point that i think i picked up on mostly because mm. i was trying to like read four issues of uh oh yeah rather lengthy comic and try to get what was happening versus mm-hmm. like have the time to look at every bit of detail which um is nice because that gives uh something to look forward to covering this in further in depth oh yeah it yeah. was just an excuse to watch it again i mean this is a, it's a really good <laughs> i mean movie. yeah it's a good movie um yeah and because they're so numerous, they're kind of a favorite prey for the Skeksis, sort of with the, this whole, we, we mentioned the whole essence draining thing that they're just kind of doing to the world in general. They also do it specifically to like other living things, mostly the podlings. Um, where they, well, they've, they, they've they make, run they make through the all, the, all the Gelflings. <laughs> That's what happened is they just drained yeah. all of them and now there's no more Gelflings. Yeah. Because the and Gelflings so give more, the juice. more years per Gelfling. Per drop. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your longevity to leaderage on this sentient creature? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's interesting because like as as an idea, the process doesn't kill them; it just severely ages them and makes them like subservient and kind of brainless. It's it's they their will to live. It's their they, it's not just yeah. their physical life. It's like the idea of life. Mm. And I think yeah. that's what they're taking okay. from them. Mm. Yeah, it's their okay. Soul, they get the... Their spirit, I mean, you could, you could <laughs> call it other things, yeah. but essence is pretty distilled, literally. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> essence of potling. <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> it's <pretty> disgusting. <laughs> oh, it's probably not. 
it's like the potato vodka of essences. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess if you put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so the, those are your little crazy halfling potlings. Uh, the Gotham? Yes, we'll, we'll take a look at the Gotham. The Gotham are yeah. um, the servitors of uh, mm-hmm. the Skeksis, and they are birthed from the energy of the dark crystal rather than just the crystal mm-hmm. in general. So they are, mm-hmm. like the Skeksis, bad guys through and through. Yeah, um, very bad. And yeah, they um, are um, lobster yeah, they're boys. from Fallout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I like I can had I watched this before Fallout 4 came out, I would have looked at Fallout 4 and gone, you 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 just you just cheated. You copied that exactly. You took that from this film and put it in your video game, but I mean it's obvious they're inspired. But yeah, it's it's just a big horseshoe crab with big claws, shambling around kind of thing. And they make uh um a funky clicking noise, which is yeah disturbing. yeah especially in a few I scenes think, where you don't you hear the noise first mm, yeah i think the most disturbing thing for me was the way they flick their heads back and forth really quickly when they're first kind of introduced like go and find this girlfling and they they're running out and they're beginning to search and there's flick 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 like looking quickly from side to side i'm like uh i don't know why that was so creepy to me but it was yeah um apparently when they when they made the um gartham puppets mm. uh, they're the only ones they, they needed to um have a little bit more weight to them so what they did was their claws are metal or at least the ridge on oh. the bottom of the claw so wow when they okay. are destroying stuff it's because that's super heavy and they can actually crush things. yeah um, oh wow they said that that okay. was <laughs> super dangerous for all because the puppeteers <clears throat> are all underneath the floor basically and so yeah um, yeah on the scenes where it's um Jen or anyone else interacting with the um, mm. Gartham, like Jim Henson, like and anyone under the floor had like hard hats on because they couldn't. If they got yeah. hit with it, oh. it would probably kill you or hurt you really badly. Oh my god! They're just swinging That's around terrifying. big metal, big, big metal arms. <laughs> the better to crush you. Wow. With. Yeah. That, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I really need to watch more movies with commentary if I have the time because this was like, oh yeah, it's you stuff that I just so would have never picked up unless you know someone was telling mm. me specifically. So. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mr. Froud, for uh, <laughs> your commentary. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, so there's not too much more to them. They're just, they're just creepy big crabby boys. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else mm, should we go on? We have the like, crystal we bats. I guess we can just jump to them really fast since yeah. they're related to the Gartham. Yeah, the eyes in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's just a bat that like grips onto a big crystal lens that they can see through using the dark crystal. I read it as the lens being their eye, like a single eye. They're, they're, uh, I think yeah. they're a little bit more um, like a golem. Okay, uh, we, yeah. Because we're, we're seeing them generally at distance. Um, mm. But there's one time when it when one of them crashes into the water and yeah, the, the yeah. camera does a close-up on it, and they look like they're made of twigs and bits yeah. of batting and then mm-hmm. moss and stuff kind of just jammed together with a little crystal in the center. So they're basically yeah, just remote-viewing yeah. um, drones. <laughs> I guess if you wanted to put it in a, <laughs> in a, 
in a concept that the kids today could understand. <laughs> they're not mm, CG, they're mm. just drones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, like part of my brain interpreted that one close-up image as like a bunch of little spikes gripping a crystal lens, but it, it was like be. a very I mean, quick I, shot I didn't as pause well. It, so I was just yeah, neither. glancing. <laughs> and that was, um, Brian was talking about when they made those and he didn't, he did didn't give um, specifics. He just said when he designed them, he wanted you to not know if it was like um, animal, mm. mineral, or other. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the same uh, thing with actually a lot of the uh, things in this film. And we unfortunately don't, I don't think uh, in this episode, have the leisure to cover um, mm. everything because as we mentioned, there's scenes where... Uh, everything you see on the screen is potentially alive and it's all oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. It is like, just briefly mention that like any of those sort of those forest swamp scenes, those are ridiculous. Like it's these panning shots with like a million things moving in the background because the entire landscape appears to be alive and various living creatures. Like I think my favorite bit was where like a little bird, kind of looking creature comes to rest just in front of what looks like a spur of rock and then the rock just closes up over it and it's just a big mouth and yeah. then all the little pods around it start chittering to each other I'm like what the everything's moving or putting out little puffs of spores or smoke and it, it is insane to like look at and see how much work must have gone on to make that like each shot of that particular set must have been months of work just oh, yeah. to get all the puppets moving. <laughs> yeah, like, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> then I guess, um, um, well, we mentioned the feast scene mm, um, a little bit earlier. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what they have toward the end of the, the feast is their, I guess their dessert um, are called mm-hmm. crawlies. And they, well, they, they, what they remind me of are the, um, Mm. the puffs of soot i think from um yeah Howl's moving castle yeah 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 definitely i think, I think it's it was just a little one. fuzzball yeah yeah it's a little spiky fuzzball but what what they apparently were <laughs> was um they had um originally engineered a uh a creature on a track that was supposed to just skitter mm. across the table because they wanted some movement of something disturbing, like all the dishes. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. device did not work. It, like something broke. <laughs> and so yeah. um, anecdotally, Brian, you know, just ran out to the store and bought these little wind up bugs and stuck oh, a bunch of fluff no. on them and then wound them up and just let them go. <laughs> so That's they're little, cool. little wind up, you know, toys on wheels that just have mm. a lot of, um, you know, a little costume on them. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. They're, they're nice. They add a little, again, like just the level of detail of small, or the, I guess, minuscule into actual human scale puppets really adds to that feeling of it being a living, breathing world. Because, of course, there's little vermin everywhere. <laughs> that you could eat if you so chose, because apparently they're yeah, delicious. Apparently they're delicious to those terrible, evil creatures, so they probably don't taste great. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Oh, they did also, um, I think one of the... the it's sort of a joke. Um, the the scene mm. the scene transition from the swamp in it go, transitions into the dining hall, and um, Jen had fallen when he meets Kira. He had mm. fallen into 
a bit of the swamp. And as Kira arrives, she helps him out by, um, we find out here that she can communicate with uh, just other, any living creature, mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, she but speaks podling, which yes. appears to be the universal language. Well, she did grow <laughs> up with the podling, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but oh, she yeah. can, she can make calls and summon um, other friendly things i guess but mm. um she she calls up a nebri which jen happens to be just sitting on but it's basically like a <laughs> salamander yeah frog salamander maggot thing. yeah yeah well, it, it looks cute for being slimy mm. looking i guess yeah oh but, no uh, it's, it's, it's definitely it's large it's like maybe eyes. three times <laughs> bigger than a um gelfling however mm. you know we see this friendly thing that like helps him and you know just you know he, mm. he's using it as a sofa kind of you know it just yeah, rises up under pretty him. much but as, as the scene transitions right into the the, the dining hall the um the mm-hmm. are like oh you guys roast nebri so they're just eating the thing we just saw <laughs> yeah like a little a young one yeah comes out like, on a platter it's like, it's like mm, oh they're definitely evil those skexies yeah <laughs> uh um yeah so those the, uh what else we got the land striders can't yes. forget those the things mm-hmm. that, like, um, as a child, forever, I thought that their shoulder blades was e- rabbit ears. <laughs> I, I can see why you would think that. Um, they looked like the most uncomfortable full body puppet to me. I'm pretty sure they weren't a full body puppet, obviously, but it looks like just a guy with stilts on his feet and then holding another set of slightly longer stilts with his yeah, arms. No, and that's literally what it was. The dude. On oh, four, it was actually. It's like it's three people on four stilts. Um, oh with, wow with um costume on yeah okay that makes the the awkward gallop make a bit more sense yeah it's actual people <laughs> there so not like as we mentioned not everything is a puppet um they they took some mm. couple shortcuts yeah to be fair i guess those would be much more difficult to do with puppets manipulating from above or below yeah they kind of move to be fair the the weird awkward movement makes sense for them because they've just they're just pole legged I don't even know how to describe what they are. Who knows? Uh, they got like, I don't like their faces. <laughs> like it actually makes yeah, me uncomfortable they're very because creepy. it's a little bald head with um, mm. Cthulhu face. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always, in uh, my mind, I think they're cuter than they were, but then I watched it and I was like, no, I don't like them. Don't look, don't no, look at me, no, Strider. <laughs> Yeah, um, and they're, they're pretty strong, actually. They beat up on Gotham, yeah. all right. <laughs> they do some stomping. Um, and, and then they get thrown off a cliff, so that's great. And they get thrown off a cliff, so that's fine. They never have to look at them ever again. Because they died. Because <laughs> they died horribly. <laughs> this, this movie is a bit darker than some of the other gymnasts and stuff, by the way. <laughs> well, it's not the light crystal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there's, there's, a, there's a Netflix thing coming. Could, it could become the light crystal. <laughs> That's still happening, right? I'm not behind the news on that. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think I saw anything more recent. So, yeah, like there, there's a one announcement like a year ago or whatever. Felt like, um, yeah. So we've got the Gotham, we've got the Landstriders. Oh, we did forget someone very important though. We got to, we got to speak we, that over. We forgot her. We just. Well, yeah, yeah, we've arrived in the notes where she exists. (laughs) Left the best for last. This is correct. (laughs) Ish. It's Agra, everybody. The most fabulous puppet of all. God, I I really love this design, to be honest. It's a great, 
great design. It's really good. Um, she, mm. lore wise, she's the first being created on mm. Thra. Um, the plants and trees and everything else were were formed first. Um, mm. it's just the first sentient thing. Um, but she was created yeah. in, because there was confusion. Um, in the world, and mm. um, as she was formed, she's you know she's granted a sentience, uh, and it's greater than anything else on on the planet. But she's also mm. granted like an, an insatiable curiosity. So she's constantly just trying to find answers to any question she could possibly you know ever come up with. Um, but what she does is she sort of is an arbiter of knowledge really mm. and forms yeah. this covenant with the planet with the the because the, the, the crystal itself is also sentient to a degree um and mm. she forms a covenant with the planet because everything was in disarray so the the seas were wild and crazy and um the stars didn't really have an order to them uh, and mm. you know the land was just making new forms and earthquakes and by forming this covenant with the planet, um, it created order and harmony. Um, one mm. idea that the the setting plays with is, and I thought it was a it's not really a pun, I guess, but mm. um, there's multiple planets um, and multiple crystals, but mm. there is a universe. And they use verse as, or I mean, uh, unit as like one great song because they're taking verse yeah. as song. So okay, yeah, there's an overriding <laughs> order to things and harmony that should exist, and that's when mm. um, uh, we we have the first great conjunction. So the the three suns lined up. And there's it's it's by design mm. that it looks like an eye with a pupil because the one of the yeah. sides is smaller than the others. Obviously, um, and <laughs> Agra had been waiting for this conjunction. She she mm. was desiring that it happen, and she thought that there would be like a great momentous like event. Something was going to happen. Well, what ends mm. up happening is the she. I guess as you do when there's a general solar eclipse is not look up at the sun. Um, well, yeah, she did. don't do that. Um, she stared at it and it um, blinded one of her eyes, mm. um, fired a beam and embedded a crystal in her forehead. Yeah. And yep. then her other eye didn't really affect that one. So she, I guess it doesn't go into it in the comic, but I, guess mm. it make it where she could pop it out of her head. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Do all kinds <laughs> of weird things. can. Yeah, um, uh, that feels kind of like a reference to the the fates to me. You know, the the Greek idea yeah. of the fates. We have the three women sharing one eye because she's got the three eye like things in her head, but only one's actually an eye. Yeah. At this point, and then yeah. um, uh, Brian did mention that that those elements were also in reference to um, insight, knowledge. The the mm. general idea if you see a character that has an eye missing. They yeah. potentially have uh, their one eye that More looks knowledge. at the world and then their eye mm. that's missing is not because it's gone, it's because it's been turned inwards and they, they understand themselves more. Um, and mm. then, of course, mm. the third eye um, chakra is what's in her forehead. Yeah, yeah. 
So it was all yeah. conscious, of course, design decisions. But um, th- that's mm. that's the origin of Agra. Um, and then she, uh, so I guess I'll just talk about it now. She has a son, uh, Raunip, and his design okay. is like, I don't even know how to, okay, he looks like uh, a mogwai if you stretched it. <laughs> so if you took Gizmo yeah, yeah. and made him not fuzzy, but then made him long. Okay. A long gizmo. A Got long it. gizmo. Um, <laughs> We've had a long elf. Now it's time for long gizmo. <laughs> yes, long gizmo. <laughs> and like his mother, Ronip is incredibly curious. Um, mm. And like his mother, he has one uh, glowing golden eye and then one like regular eye. Um, mm. So what he does is as she, they're both waiting around for the next great conjunction. Um, yeah, and yeah. with I want to say with yes with the f- with the first conjunction, uh, she was given that insight into like the the nature of the universe or at least some of it. But mm. with that yeah. conjunction is when the um, Erskek arrive. They're mm-hmm. they're born on the light of the three suns into um, Thra. So mm-hmm. eighteen Erskek arrive and they. Um, at first blush they're benevolent beings of light um yeah and they have you know they have great uh greater technology and they bring some of that with mm-hmm. them and they are the ones that created the uh it's not really it's an astrolabe i don't know what you would call it her giant like device that's the universe um that we see in the movie like the giant moving mm. planet uh yeah thing well, they gave her that so she could study the stars. And then so since she's so curious, she spends like, it doesn't get into decades, I guess, years and years and years mm. um, hold up mm. in her cave just looking at that device. Uh, whereas before oh, yeah. what she had done was she used, usually had traveled around and spent a lot of time with the Gelflings and the Podlings and acted sort of the part of a, a great sage. Um, mm. The Gelflings didn't give dream fasting to Agra, but they like shared it with her. Um, and in okay. return, uh, as some of the Gelflings were dying, they didn't know what that was. They just thought that yeah. after a while, some people just don't move anymore. And then we leave them there. <laughs> and she, yep, yep. you know, got them to understand that, that, that was them dying and yeah. there's rights yeah. and things that they could possibly do to like make that have a, different meaning to them and they wouldn't you know mm. be as sad when it happened um but since she kind of hold herself away um her son ronip ends up being like her envoy and he mm. represents her knowledge kind of going out in the world and his curiosity is um it's not tempered by wisdom Whereas Agra's is. So she's curious, but she also already knows about a lot of things. So it's, she Mm. generally doesn't like make mistakes. Whereas Ronip, he's just young and will do kind of, he's impulsive and he'll do whatever. And Mm. ask questions that may may not be like appropriate, uh, I think, for the setting. Um, Well, what he Mm. does is he's very wary uh, of the the Erskek. Whereas Agra just, they're you know they're they're to her a higher power and you know they bequeath technologies to her and so she mm. doesn't see anything that could be possibly wrong with them uh, yeah yeah 
Ronip, on the other hand, is dubious, and um, mm-hmm. he ends up encountering uh, one of the Erskek when it's by itself, because no, generally they're mm-hmm. like in a group. And he finds out that they didn't arrive um, to Thra on purpose. They were actually exiled from their homeworld. Uh, they're criminals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't give you a nature of what their crimes were aside from they are uh, heretical uh, in their beliefs. Okay. And yeah. their whole goal is to wait until the next great conjunction bide their time on the planet, gather their energies, and then use the conjunct the power of the conjunction to return home on the like the beam of light to get back to their own mm. crystal. So that's okay. yeah. the general idea behind what's going on like in the past and how that affects the the mm. world of Dark Crystal we see um in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Also, she has a great dress, though. She has a good dress, and she sits down. It's very, like, she, like, Oh, man. I don't know what. (laughs) It's very. Look, her, her, like, squatting down and sitting down was the most relatable thing in the movie for me because I, too, make that noise when I have to lower myself (laughs) all the way down there. (laughs) It's good. And she goes, like, (laughs) she's just really grumpy, Mm. but it's it's a grump of age and a lot of personality. Mood. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's always kind of contrarian and antagonistic a little as well. It's like, you know, you want to find the girlfriend, you could just come ask me, but no, burn my house down instead. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. She's she's probably the second best character in the Oh in yeah. The film. Mm. Our Chamberlain still holds the number one oh, spot yeah. in my heart. Yeah, Chamber- <laughs> Chamberlain is number one, number one Skixis and number one character in general. <laughs> uh, um, I think that's that's all the. Ma- oh wait, no, we've forgotten someone very, very important. It's Fizzgig. We did, Fizz we did forget Fizzgig. <laughs> How could Sorry, we forget buddy. the puppet so famous that he got a cameo in Fraggle Rock? <laughs> uh. Yes, physically the ball of fur with teeth. Yep. And more, yep. more sparkly, he has teeth in the back of his throat. <laughs> yeah, he's like a little fuzzy moray eel. <laughs> they they have a secondary mouth that they use to... Ah. It's fine. Australian wildlife. You don't need to know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's teeth within teeth. Um, <clears throat> he yells a lot. And that, that's all you need to know about Fizzgig. He's famous. Yes. And um, Brian mentioned that that was one of their favorites because they literally just threw him across the floor. Oh, so when yeah. he's moving, he's just being chucked. Yeah, that seems perfectly accurate to how he moves. Yeah, so you just throw him and he bounces uh, around and then, you know, then he's across the screen and it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought he'd just bore mention because in this Wikipedia article, he's listed as one of three main characters. <laughs> 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 oh no four big pun it's jen kira agra and Fizzgig are all the main characters described in this wikipedia article and i feel like there's more characters than that but yes. sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah but god just just what good what good puppets in general like i can't say enough about this if you haven't seen the film i know we've spoiled a lot of it already in terms no, of no it's like, worth it. there's so much going stuff. on that you could oh yeah you could watch this fully aware of what's going on and still find mm. new things 
to look at. Yeah. And it's not very long. It's like 90 minutes. It's an average length film at worst. Like you're not going to be wasting your time. There's so much to look at. It's so pretty. <laughs> and God, just even, even just like that first two minutes of narration intro, that was so good. Like in terms of like tone setting. Oh man. I, I just love that, that old school thing of this is this group. And this is exactly what's going on. This is this group. And this is exactly going on. This is how things are until this happened. And then the story gets going. Yeah. It was really good. It's nice. <laughs> and then I think that was one of the complaints that when this film came out that I think maybe the producers had was that, mm. um, they were like, you're, well, you're just giving everything away in the beginning. Um, and <laughs> Jim Henson and Brian Froud was like, yes, because this is a, this is mm. a myth. It's yeah. a legend that yeah. you should be familiar with. And we have to give you that familiarity to start with so you can appreciate what the story. And mm. it's it's not meant to like be a surprise. It's, you know, it's an, it's those, you know, old... Um, morality tales or old lessons mm. or just that kind of idea of this tale that everyone should know and be familiar with it and, and be comforted by like yeah you know, watching yeah and that's what it does i mean it, it works that way um particularly well i would i would say mm. yeah definitely <laughs> but yeah uh, no go yeah, watch go watch your film cool. go watch the good film people i don't know why you haven't already seen it yes um <laughs> And this, of uh, course, was uh, mm. semi-requested of us um, to, to take a look at the Dark Crystal. And, um, yeah. well, we're glad that that happened. Um, and I yeah. guess my, my wallet um, may be a little bit lighter because I, I did pick up um, not only the film and the comics, but also a large tome of the official like, mm. artworks and um, stories, I think, behind what they're doing with the Dark Crystal Uh Unfortunately, mm. or or I guess fortunately, however you want to look at it, um, I didn't have a chance to like really crack into that, and so I think I will mm. hold that in reserve and um, yeah, when, save when, that for uh, another day. Leonard is able to rejoin <laughs> us. We'll take a you mm. know a, another look at um, the Dark Crystal and spoil more of the ending because we kind of yeah. left off on that, and that's fine. Um, mm. Yeah, go watch what, it for uh, yourself. Do we we got a little bit of reader um, feedback? Can you pull it up, Cameron? Yeah. Yeah, um, so our first one was from Pete Lawson at Mr. Worry. I relate to that name very much. Uh, <laughs> and he says, are Skeksis really good? And we can categorically answer, no. No, no. no they're, they're rubbish and awful. Evil. Except for, except for Chamberlain. Except for the Chamberlain. He's a good boy. Except for Chamberlain. But he's still, he's still evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the second one is a little more difficult because um, Cassandra at Weapon Thane, whom I believe is a host on Dark Insight, Yes. Uh, she she has said to us, ellipses, 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 what is it? Uh, referring presumably to the Dark Crystal itself or the film as a whole? I'm not sure entirely. If it's the film as a whole, uh, congratulations. You have about an hour and a half of us describing the film as a whole and things about it. Um, if it is the Dark Crystal itself, it's it's that big crystal that, that's dark. That you find in the film. Um, that you find so in the film. The Dark Crystal... <laughs> is actually mm. the light crystal and it's the heart of Thra. Uh, it mm. was turned into the dark crystal on the third great conjunction. Um, no, second great conjunction? Well, the second, One of the the second great. great conjunction. Yeah. Uh, where Ronip has questioned one of the Erskek, uh and 
a um, a gelfling by the name of Gear had mm-hmm. uh, accidentally heard um, the the Erskek, uh, as as you do sing, um, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. where we get the musical magic um, of the of the Uru. Well, the lone Erskek that Ranip had ran into was also the one that Gear had encountered. Um, I think years before uh, he, he had gone on a quest gear had gone on a quest to find he, he, a specific song. Like he wanted the song of the world and he heard this tune in his dreams as I guess he was dream fasting and had become a sailor and he's, you know, sailing the world of the oceans of Thra to go track down this, um, this music. Well, he, when he finally yeah. finds it, it's one of the Erskek singing in lament to, um, return to his home world uh and mm. he tells uh gear tells ronip that the Erskik was the one that was singing but it's like it was a strange song and when gear is ta- he's taken by ronip and uh, another gelfling to go act mm. as emissaries to um visit the Erskik in their castle um and by, by the time of the second great conjunction and when he does yeah. so, uh, Gear, uh, the Earth Kick is like talking about their music, and um, Gear says, "Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a, or I think he, they see his um, two two tiered flute thing. He basically, mm. they, what they did was they took Gear and La- um, Lady Kel as analogs for Jen and Kira. There's like no difference between them really in their stories. Um, but Gear says, "Oh, I, I've I found this." amazing song and i'll play it for you so well, he plays it and the uh, like you stop playing that immediately like that's my song how did you hear that but um that song because it can only be sung i guess by the Erskek or is a specific memory um mm. it darkens the Erskek's heart and so it gives him a this shard of doubt i guess um because they're they're yeah. all they're all waiting for the conjunction to so they can go home um, and Ronip, of course, because he's so curious and is also like inappropriate in his questions is like, what's that right there, buddy? You know, you guys say you're all good, but you got this giant like void. I can see in your glowing body that is dark. And, um, the, the earth like, there's nothing. Don't worry about it. And, no, and, I have um, no evil. There's no evil. And so the, the great conjunction happens and, mm it's all going according to plan. They're all ascending um, into the light until the crystal's light kind of hits that one Erskik and he's doubting himself and his mission or whatever it is. Mm. It doesn't, you know, doesn't really dig into it too much, but because he has that spot of darkness, the crystal like latches onto it and it, Mm. it just messes the whole um, ritual up. And the the crystal, you know, it's pulling them into it. Uh, it's like a reverse of the beam that we see when they're doing the um, essence strain. And mm. so it pulls him in and like absorbs the darkness and becomes the dark crystal because of the Erskik was doubting. And then that, mm. that in, it's not really revenge, I guess, but the beam kind of re- is already refracted and it splits mm. um, the Erskik into their light and dark halves. That's how we get the creation of the, um, the Uru and the Skeksis. Hmm. The more you yeah. Know. So, yeah. There you go. That's why that the crystal uh, is dark. why that is what. <laughs> yeah, that is what the dark crystal is. It's the crystal that's dark, and you've got 
in 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 intimate and important knowledge on how that happened. So I hope you're satisfied, listeners. Um. <laughs> Send us more questions. I'll I'll attempt to yeah. discover through mm. these large books. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's Dave's our law diver for all things. Yes, Dark Crystal at the moment with those fabulous books he's got. <laughs> Just don't make me watch the Howling Three again, please. Uh, yeah, no, no, don't, don't do that to him, please. The marsupials, oh, the marsupials. <laughs> Look, some things get better in Australia, but that was categorically worse once it came here. <laughs> uh, well, I think anyway. um, that I think that wraps us up uh, for this episode. Yeah, uh, we will be coming <laughs> back. Um, however, it's probably not going to be next episode. Um, no, we'll, we'll no. return to this at leisure. Um, and I think once we've maybe gathered a few more questions, because that's always a little bit funner mm. to, to look oh, into yeah. something and, and have a reason for doing it beyond, you know, it's enjoyable. Mm. Yes. Speak to us people. Yes. Give us your words. <laughs> Send us your mouth words. <laughs> oh God. That's awful. <laughs> Oh, we dream should probably fast with us. <laughs> oh, mm. no, don't dream fast with don't me. <laughs> you don't need to see my entire memories. <laughs> All of it. it starts with getting stung by a bee and it just gets worse from there. You d- you guys don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I distinctly remember that you like walked into spider webs, so I don't want to experience that. Oh, Thanks. yeah. Yeah, you can experience all the spider related times I've had it's by the time I saw a red back. Oh. Oh, to fair, I've had a lot of really good spider-related times where it's like it's a very baby spider that just like parachutes down my forehead on a little string. I'm like, oh, hey, little tiny dude, you're fine. But then other days it's like I see a red-backed spider, so a, a, a black widow for American terms, um, the size of my thumb, pull a, you know, pull a six-inch skink off the ground, yank it two feet into the air, and then just eat it on the spot. I'm like, what the fuck did I just look at? Uh, what the bleep did I just look at? You can edit that. Um. <laughs> I'll forget about it. Don't worry. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> We're already um, an explicit podcast anyway. So. Look, Australia is not safe for work. It's not. Because it's not safe to go outside to go to work. Um. <laughs> Good thing there's telecommuting. Good thing there's telecommuting. Um, but yeah, yeah. Apart from that, it's it's fine. It's wonderful. Um, so is that is that everything? Are we done here? Am, I think have that's I rambled it. on long yeah, enough. No, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, hey, it's valuable valuable airtime that we're using. Um, yeah, I think that that's all we're going to be covering for this episode. Uh, next episode is kind of up mm. in the air. Um, we'll see. I was maybe considering looking at um the Black Cauldron, uh, but mm. I don't know if we want to cover the books, and I kind of do so. That I may have to mm. push that a little further back because it's going to take a while to to read at least the first book. Um, so we'll see. We'll we'll kind of see what's uh mm. what's in there and check with Leonard um on his time and availability. I know, yeah, they're down to like the last few weeks or whatever um of what they're doing. So hopefully, moving forward yeah. in the holidays, uh, we'll all have a little bit more time. Uh, look forward <laughs> to that. Uh, send us in suggestions. Mm um yeah while we do we have a list of things it's also a little bit nicer when we know there's specific interest um in something mm. uh, because if there's monsters in it we'll take a look at it and um exactly there's very few things that we were going to say probably no to um mm. uh, yeah i can't even think of any offhand so uh 
you know, uh, uh, yeah, no one needs to go back to Nilbog. Um, no, yeah, we don't nobody, need that. Nobody. Uh, so, <laughs> Cameron, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twin. That's night without a K. Uh, come for me slowly unraveling through the political disaster that is Australian politics, let alone American ones. Um, or if you prefer things a little more upbeat and fun, you can go check out uh, Realm and Rune, uh, the Warhammer 40K slash Age of Sigma slash General Games Workshop tabletop uh, podcast that former host of this show, Matt, and myself host. Uh, you can find that at Realm and Rune on Twitter. Um, we don't have any episodes, any new episodes out right now because, as I said, Matt is the brand new owner of a, a small screaming child, although apparently she's very calm which is fantastic for him. Um, yeah, take it where you can but, get it, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But our normal service will be resumed soon, potentially with third co-host of said child popping in uh, when has to be supervised, but is asleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Dave, what about you? Where can we find you and your various works? You can find me on Twitter mainly um, at sentinut underscore plus. Uh, I have, I think I mentioned it before, but um, I've started up another podcast it's a, a <laughs> so far a solo effort um we're mm. four episodes in um it's uh hard rock saves the space dandy i don't have a handy mm-hmm. um uh, web address at this moment but we're also on twitter at um hard rock saves the space i think <laughs> maybe it's rock saves yeah. the space i don't know yeah. i'll put it in the notes maybe um <laughs> but that one covers uh Asian science fiction, uh, multimedia, of course. There's no um, Mm -hmm. specifically movies or anything, but it's uh, from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, like your favorite radio stations, actually. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) or maybe that's mine, my favorite radio station. Um, And it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm I'm going through, uh, I'm making that have actual actual seasons. So uh, Mm. for every few episodes, I'll be looking at one specific creator's works uh, and that may be like a director or an author but i'm um, going through yeah. their notable um contributions or ones that i just like so it's uh it's up to me since i'm the only one on it <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah and then uh, of course leonard's at um dr faust is dead on uh, youtube mm. and twitter uh, and i think he said he has a couple videos coming up they'll probably be out i don't know maybe toward the holidays mm. just depends on time i think at, the, at this juncture yeah yeah definitely but yeah cool. um thanks for the few people that um wrote into us uh we always mm-hmm. appreciate it and um also for those of you who suggested <laughs> the dark crystal so that's uh, also appreciated and i think mm. that's probably us signing off for today Bye-bye, y'all. Ciao, ciao.